Okay, guys, so it's really been a show, a memorable show. Um, we've had some interaction, some discussion, and I know sometimes people will take sides and get polarized. It's not my intent to do that. My intent is to share the facts, the science, the information. brought that up because we were studying this keto reply dietary carbohydrate thing right here oh, the and journal lens the journal yeah, the lancet, lancet. and what 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 was the the overall findings and here it is here let's let's just cut away to this because the the medical journal lancet and by the way here here's the actual published study dietary carbohydrate intake and mortality a prospective cohort study and meta-analysis and here's the chief author uh, author Sarah uh, Seidel, Seidelman, Brian Colgert, Susan Cheng, uh, E.T., so, so Scott Solomon, Solomon, so there's a number of them. So what they did was they compared low carbohydrate, restricted carbohydrate, and then in favor of increased protein and fat intake on popular weight loss strategies. But, but here, here's the summary, and I always like to go to the summary for, for at least for the audience here. And it, 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 it says as follow. Uh, the very high carb intake largely derived from China on average higher than the national data. The advantage of multiracial ethnic, and it's going on, given relative small numbers, low carbohydrate diets, mainly plant-based protein and fat sources. This study could not definitely examine the relative benefits of this diet compared with other dietary patterns. In other words, that summarizes kind of closer to keto, right? Protein and fat, because if it was low carbohydrate, but it was plant-based. So it's saying our study focused generally on carbohydrate intake, and it says any number of combinations. Ideally, it would be uh, pr uh, preferred for individual level meta-analysis. Let's, let's go on. On both low-carbohydrate and high-carbohydrate diets, when food sources are not taking into account, the, the, the data provided further evidence that animal-based low-carbohydrate diets should be discouraged. Alternatively, when restricting carbo carbohydrate intake, replacement of carbohydrates with predominantly plant-based fats and proteins could be considered a long-term approach to oh, promote healthy aging. Interesting. Yeah. So there is something I've said for a long so time. So they tease the difference between plant-based or non non-plant-based calorie consumption. Right. Basically. So in so so a fairly recent but low number of people in the study because you can find a lot of Chinese people on high carbohydrate, very high low carbohydrate, low protein, yeah. low fat, and they're lean and they're fit and they're at, you know they're they're very uh, uh, industrious, right? But to find people on a low carbohydrate, plant based, high fat, high protein, you have to engineer that diet. Yeah, it's not a common diet. Except there's a few cultures on coconut based diets. Oh yeah, yeah, not so, the healthiest way to do it either, right? Even well, that's not, hold on, hold well, on. Well, then compared to like, uh, I, I remember your conversation with Furman where you guys were talking about the difference between um, replacing that coconut with walnuts or with flaxseed or with those sorts of things, like the calorie for calorie difference. Like, yes, coconut's not a bad base, right. or not a bad thing to eat, but as far as calorie for calorie, there are better sources to add in into that. In that mix, right, right. So if if we go to 
Um, here, I was going to show you the coconut base. Let's see if I have it here. I, I wanted to pull it up. Because I, 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 in all fairness, those cultures that are on a high coconut diet, they're eating whole coconut. They're not eating MCT oils and mm -hmm. coconut oil. And I, I, and I think in all fairness, these cultures on a lot of coconut are actually showing higher cholesterol levels. But if they're islanders, they're taking a lot of calories, and some of them are overweight. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, if you're going that way, the f interesting part is those people are overweight but without heart disease Correct. and without all those problems. They, so it's no more of a – No plaques in their arteries. Yes, but it's, so it's more of an issue of whether or not you want to look the part, right, and how you want your body. Like if you're okay with being – you know, still being on the heftier side but being healthy on, in your test numbers, you can eat that diet. Right, so let's check Studies it out. Studies of populations who eat a lot of coconuts are frequently cited by those who sell coconut oil as evidence that it does not have harmful effects. For example, there was an apparent absence of stroke and heart disease on the island of Kativa. What were they eating? Well, they're dead. But by the way, Kativa is an island that has virtual absence of acne. Their skin is immaculate. Hmm. Very clear, but let's let's hear because they Which don't. Means eat. their hormones are balanced, they're, also. Yeah, they're not eating processed food. So so listen very closely uh, what they're doing. Diet centered around tubers like sweet potatoes, uh, with fruits, greens, nuts, corn, and beans. Yes, they ate fish a few times a week. That's fifty fifty percent of the food plant based. Die. <laughs> we keep both pausing and starting at the same time. I was say that that 50, per, 50 to seventy percent number is exactly the number we were going to get to with the study we were looking at, right? The one from Journal Lancet. That's the that's kind of the sweet spot they were talking about. Right, but look at it. It's it's the complex carbohydrates, Absolutely. not simple carbs, are coming from yams. People don't even know what taro is. You, you almost got You got taro go, chips are awesome. Yeah, and you could do you could do uh, in the Breville, huh? Breville oven. Taro chips. Nice. Yes, you could. Sweet potatoes are staples. Inherently, they're very low in fat. 3% fat, 3% protein, 96% complex carbohydrates oh, wow. in sweet potatoes, taro, and yams. And it's saying that 50 to 70% of their diet by weight comes from those foods. Wow. And then they also have fruit, bananas, papaya, pineapple. You oh, know wow. How, they're a really high percentage of carbohydrates. I was going to say, <laughs> how many keto people make fun of, of people eating or, or not make fun. They discourage you from eating mango, guava, papaya, right? Mm -hmm. Because they say they're too high in sugar. But wait a minute. Check out. And look, they also have watermelon, pumpkin, leaves, nuts, cacao. And I don't know what okari is. I, mean, I don't either. I was yeah, thinking, well, I was thinking okra, but no, it's no, no. I have no idea. And they do eat fish, but it's saying only and tapioca, maize, which is corn and beans. Well, tapioca is a derivative from the taro. So they, they come from, they're the same okay. plant. So. Okay, okay. So, and it says they eat sense. fish two to four times a week. That's not fish um, daily, but two to four times is approaching every other day uh, mm -hmm. or even every, every third day. Mm -hmm. and, and why? Because they have to fish, they have to catch the fish. Yeah. But so the plant foods are readily available to them. But let, let's, let's hear about how, are they healthy or not, right? Let, that, that's the, the real deal. So no wonder they may have had such low rates of artery disease. And one of those whole foods was coconut, not coconut oil. Okay, get that clear. Coconut, not coconut oil. Big now, difference. Now, now, yeah. now the pa pa 
Pakua Puka eat more coconuts. And I knew about these people here. Here, so let's let's jump ahead. Now, if you go to Puka Puka, they eat even more coconuts, and there's. By the way, that study is in my files. That you really have a hard time finding this journal study no, here I, i'm going to focus even on an island where that's mocha they eat even more coconut oh it's hard to get that nuts. image and there's even yeah. an island where that's most of what they eat and they get high cholesterol oh. what's a population eating 87 percent plant-based red meat chicken and eggs only eaten suddenly no dairy doing with cholesterol levels over 200. Well, they're eating all these coconuts every day. What are their disease rates like? We don't know. There's no clinical surveys, no epidemiological data, no autopsies. They did do some EKGs, which can sometimes pick up evidence of past heart attacks and found few abnormalities, but the sample was too small to be a definitive study. And even if they did have low disease rates, they weren't eating coconut oil, they were eating coconuts. Coconut oil proponents pointing to these studies is like the high fructose corn syrup lobby pointing to studies of healthy populations who eat corn on the cob. Or the sugar industry pointing to studies on fruit consumption saying, see, eat all the refined sugar you want. But fruit has fiber, and so do coconuts. Okay, guys, let, let's, let's really zero in on this, right? So it's pointing out that fruit is not a bad guy. Fruit has fiber. It's good for you. And we'll even go so far as to say is co coconut has massive amounts of fiber and it does have more fat, but it's slow to be absorbed into the system. So therefore they'll have stable insulin, blood sugar, glucose levels. That's been my experience. I eat a fair amount of coconut, not as much as these islanders. These islanders sound like they're pouring it on. Yeah. They sound like what they're they like, say? it's like 63% of, of their diet. That's, yeah, they're eating yeah, a yeah. lot of coconut. So that's a different that's a different animal. That's most people can't do that. You can't even afford that. But but they had no known cardiovascular disease based on EKGs. Mm -hmm. I came across a study, and I believe it's buried in my files, where there were access to a few autopsy reports, and these people had clean arteries, even though they had higher cholesterol. But remember, saturated fat and higher cholesterol does not always equate if the source of the food is plant-based because somehow these people have a protective factor. So let's go further. Just like adding psyllium fiber, Metamucil, to coconut oil can help blunt the adverse effects on cholesterol, fiber derived from defatted coconut itself can reduce cholesterol levels as much as oat bran. And the plant protein in coconut, also missing from the oil, may also help explain why whole coconut may not have the same effects on cholesterol. Although coconut fat in the form of powdered coconut milk may not have the same effects on cholesterol as coconut oil, frequent consumption defined as three or more times a week has been associated with increased risk of vascular disease, stroke and heart attack. And no wonder, as coconut milk may acutely impair artery function as badly as a sausage and egg McMuffin. Okay, so wow. so that's important, and it may, may have been a fact because that I overlooked because you're taking coconut and the coconut water, and you're making coconut milk, so you're blending it. You're making it to like a smoothie. It Because of its fat effect, it's, I guess it's been, you know, 
essentially not filtered but blended. I don't know if they're trying to. It's extract. been like semi-processed, right? It's, it's been like it's been, it's had some of the fiber extracted from. Yeah. It. So what they're saying is it did have a negative effect. That's on a big negative effect. If it's the same as a an, a, a sausage and egg McMuffin. Yeah, on the endothelial dependent dilation. So, jeez. Again, too much fat. It's it's separated. If you're gonna eat. Coconut, eat coconut whole fresh. Or if you're gonna do this, do this with a big fruit salad, or with some, you know, do it with a, you know, a, a big smoothie or something like that, where there's a lot of other fiber to just, you know, to to uh, like deconcentrate. It. Terrible word usage, but you know what I'm sure. saying. Sure. Okay, let's go further. They tested to three meals, it. Uh, three different meals: a, a Western high-fat meal uh, comprised of an egg McMuffin, sausage McMuffin, and two hash browns. Versus a local high-fat meal. This was done in Singapore. So the more traditional high-fat meal was rice cooked with coconut milk, uh, though there were also anchovies and, and eggs. Uh, well, that's uh, versus the same the amount same. of calories in no. an unhealthy low-fat meal comprised of frosted flakes, skim milk, and juice. All of them are Here's corrupted. Here's the artery function, <laughs> yeah. the ability of their arteries to relax normally before Mickey D's and after. Significantly crippling down artery function within hours of consumption, and the same thing with the coconut milk. Anchovies and eggs. So whether mostly meat and oil fat or coconut Yeah, I would agree. I think he's leaving out a very important comment. They were eating anchovies and eggs... Which even in, a little bit Singapore. of that, even yeah, a little bit of that is damaging endothelial function. It, it has oil. It has cholesterol. It's going to affect the arteries. And inflammatory proteins. Yeah. All yeah. of the above. Yeah. Not milk fat. The arteries similarly clamped down. Whereas that horrible sugary breakfast had no effect. <laughs> no bad effect on artery function because as terrible as it was, it, even it had, had no saturated it. fat at all. Though it also didn't have any egg, which may have also helped. Okay, so he, he did admit then that even though it was like sugar-frosted flakes, carrot juice, and skim milk, there was zero fat, which you can play an argument. Zero fat makes the insulin more sensitive. Sugar gets into the cells easier. Even though there was sugar in the frosted flakes, it didn't have... It wasn't impeded by the oil. Yeah, so so remember, you, you can do great with sugar-free, oil-free, and you can do it within the plant-based community and even with nuts, seeds, avocados, olives, but don't go hog wild and overdo it. Kiss. Coconut oil proponents also try to argue that coconut oil has MCTs, medium-chain triglycerides, shorter-chain saturated grain. fats that aren't as bad as the longer-chain saturated fats in meat and dairy. But you can't apply the MCT research to coconut oil. Why? MCT oil is composed of MCTs, the medium chain fats, caprylic and capric acid, about 50% of each, whereas those MCTs make up only like 10% of the coconut oil. Most of coconut oil is the cholesterol raising longer chain saturated fats, lauric and myristic. It is therefore inaccurate to consider coconut oil to contain predominantly MCTs, so you can't extrapolate from MCT studies to coconut oil. That's actually quite a common misconception that the saturated fat in coconut oil is mainly MCTs. Actually, coconut oil is mainly lauric and myristic, which have potent LDL, bad cholesterol, raising effects. Coconut oil should therefore not be advised for people who should or want to reduce their risk of the number one killer of U.S. men and women, heart disease.
It's like how the beef industry loves to argue that beef fat contains stearic acid, a type of saturated fat that doesn't raise cholesterol. Yeah, but it also has palmitic and myristic that, like loric, does raise cholesterol. If you compare the effects of different saturated fats, yes, stearic has a neutral effect on LDL, but palmitic, myristic, and loric shoot it up. And frankly, so may MCT oil itself, bumping up LDL like 15% compared to control. So this Not a great control either. Okay, so, but they are saying that this popular MCT oils from coconut is elevating the bad LDL cholesterol. What did he say, by 15%? It's a very, very damaging uh, finding. Uh, so he's saying coconut oil should, should therefore not be advised for people who should or want to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. We're going to jump to some some questions. Uh, was there a little bit more? Let's finish this. Popular here. belief spread by the coconut oil industry that coconut oil is healthy is not supported by science. So basically, coconut oil should be treated no differently than can. animal sources of dietary saturated fat. The latest review, published March 2017 in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, put it even more simply in their recommendations for patients, avoid. Wow. Okay, so we have some, some comments or questions, or go um, ahead. Yeah, Calofeno said, uh, Mike, their goal is to stay lean. They're 145 pounds. Uh, they think they were overdoing the oil. Uh, taro ice cream is great, and they're asking. Uh, they're asking, what about getting some cholesterol, i.e., fish, two to four times a week to maintain testosterone levels, oh. or six eggs per week, for example. Same reason to, to keep the cholesterol up for testosterone. That's a, a common misconception, right? Yeah. Okay. The 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 medical journal. Uh, here, here we go. You, you want to get medical? Uh, go into Guyton. Medical physiology. You, you see all these notes? It means I've read all these chapters, earmarked, noted. But the point is, when you get to the section on cholesterol, every cell of your body produces cholesterol. The liver produces the, the most. You never, in your entire lifetime, like Nehemiah Delgado, who's never eaten a shred of animal product, never had eggs, never had cheese, never had meat, never had fish, never had chicken, Yet, he produces all the cholesterol he needs. You see how muscular. You can debate, oh, he's on steroids, he's not. Okay, look, that's not the debate. He's grown up to a full, healthy man, and he has all the cholesterol he needs for sex hormones, for testosterone, and so forth. The point is, you don't need to eat cholesterol to, to sustain proper cholesterol levels. Now your body makes plenty, correct? Yes. So you look at cultures that, like the Tarmar Indians of Chihuahua, Mexico, northern, um, northern Mexico. They're in the Copper Canyon. They're the greatest ultra-distance runners in the world. And they eat tortillas, panola nuts, avocado, beans, rice, vegetables, fruit. And they have a cholesterol level of about 130. Hmm. Their LDL cholesterol... Ideal, right? Yeah, their LDL cholesterol is about... 50, 60. Their HDL cholesterol is about 25, 30. People say, oh, that's too low of HDL. Well, 
they have no cardiovascular disease and they don't need much HDL because their LDL is low enough that it's safe. Your cholesterol level should be 100 plus your age and not over 160. The Framingham study referred to earlier by Neil Bernard and Michael Greger, which is the longest running study, Framingham, Massachusetts, shows that anyone with a cholesterol essentially under 150 has virtually no cardiovascular disease upon autopsy at the time of death. Some people, they say, oh, but you get cancer, cancer when you have low cholesterol. The low cholesterol drops because cancer is a metabolic disease and some of the cholesterol gets used up because of the cancer, not the one cause the other. So the longest lived cultures in the world, Okinawa, Seventh-day Adventist, we know the body produces all the cholesterol it needs without having to eat any fish, chicken, turkey, or eggs or meat. In fact, just eating meat once a week, I can find that study for you. 150% increase in heart disease and heart attack, right? It was yes. Like, and yeah. stroke. It was yeah. insane yeah. when I saw that. Yeah. So what, what was his question and did we answer it? That's uh, qualified for what you yes, said. Yes, it was a, a, what about getting some cholesterol from fish or eggs um, like six eggs per week or two to four times a week oh. of fish. Oh, wait a minute. Six eggs. That's a week. That means an egg a day. Do you know your body can only get rid of about 100 milligrams of cholesterol a day? One egg yolk, to be accurate, I'll look it up. It's around two 200 milligrams of cholesterol per egg yolk. Really? Yeah, you I didn't know realize, that? I didn't realize it was that high. Cholesterol in one egg yolk. 184 milligrams. Yeah, so, so you 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 might just break even and stay the same. No, if no, you're, no, no. If you're doing six days a week and you have one day to clear a little extra. Well, you you know, no, not quite even. Not not a 184. Way, who eats a one egg omelet? Who does? <laughs> or one hard boiled egg by itself? Who does? Yeah, yeah. Sunny side up. Give me two. I you know if you're trying to get cholesterol, it's like how much arsenic can I get in my body? To not die. And so they said, okay, great. I think I was trying to compensate for overtraining. And I would say that the biggest mistake people make there is it's strictly a calorie issue. They're not getting enough calories to compensate for how many calories their body needs to recover every day from what they're doing. You know, they're doing 5,000 calories worth of training and only eating 1,500 calories. You know, it's like you're going to have some problems. <sighs> Yeah, you're going to feel weak. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel all those things that people always blame on a vegan diet when they're not tracking their calories compared to their training and not realizing what they are, what they actually need and adjusting their inputs accordingly. Yeah. Here's a doctor who had cancer and she went completely plant based. And she's also talking about uh, that virus that I'm not supposed to talk about. But here, let's just see what she's saying. Back to Pasteur and Beauchamp. Pasteur, he was the pasteurization of milk was named after him. This is 150 years ago. Pasteur said the germ is everything. The immune system is nothing. Beauchamp said the immune system is everything. The germ is nothing. All right. If you're healthy, you're not going to get it. And so, but, but Pasteur won because he worked for the government and his wrong concept authored a whole profession of drugs and billions of dollars mm. because what Beauchamp was saying and the way I got, well, it doesn't make any money. True. Okay. So, okay. So someone. Yeah, okay. Keeping people healthy doesn't yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. make money off drugs. So, so when you're, when you're thinking about. The question that's germane to the issue is blood doesn't lie. 
I base it on how healthy can you bring the body's immune system, immune rejuvenation, with five simple steps. And I explain it in the book in great detail. And I think that those of you who want to build up your immune system so you don't worry about whether you get a virus or not, and if you do, it's in your system. And what she says is the viruses and the bacteria actually build up in your own system that are already present to help eat away toxins that are in your body. Hmm. That is a very different concept. That's interesting. Yes. And, and by the way, there was a study, and um, Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush, uh, refers to it, and he Love says, he says this. He goes, they did a study on eight thousand people. I'll find the study and put it in the show notes. But eight thousand people, they found that there was seventy-four viruses in these eight thousand people that were completely healthy, including AIDS and uh, I won't say HIV, the one that HIV, but yeah, H- yeah, HIV, yeah. yeah, not yeah, yeah, the disease AIDS, but HIV, the virus, and and all these types of viruses and bacteria, but we all live with these viruses and bacteria naturally in our system. When they reach a peak is when we have caused tissue breakdown in the body by not following the principles of good and health. And compromised defenses, correct? By the way, yes. Dr. Day, who's speaking out, and it, it says here, AIDS expert and trauma surgeon, talks on the C virus. I'm not going to name it because I, I, I told you I, I won't get in trouble and get banned <laughs> but uh, it's like some of my colleagues have already been banned but here here let's see if uh what is she saying now something outrageous i'm sure but i believe what she's saying her she's come up with the 10 steps to deal with cancer and she had cancer herself i don't know you know her story she had Mm-mm. massive tumors in her body and instead of chemo and radiation she went on a plant-based juicing, blending, exercise, get away from stressful people. All the side effects for the malaria drug chloroquine. Uh, the first uh, first side effect is anxiety. The second side effect is attempts at killing oneself. You want to commit suicide. The third one is oh, wow. back, leg, stomach pains, black tarry stools from bleeding in your intestine, blistering and peeling and loosening of your entire skin, uh, diarrhea, mm-hmm. difficulty in focus your eyes, uh, 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 blindness, dizziness, drooling, uh, <laughs> headaches, loss of balance, and th- something called uh, dystonia where you end up going like this and you can't control your movements and it can be permanent. Oh, that's oh, a wow. great drug. There are 80 yeah. side effects to this drug. And, and it's good to prevent the cold. So what would you say then to the people that are saying, hey, this is promising, it's helping people? They're liars. Oh, next question. Someone said, this Ooh, kind of a long damn. question, says, Light I'm words. wondering how far the droplets can travel oh. suspended in fresh air outside from an infected person to a well person. Six feet away is recommended, but I believe it's much further than that. I also know the temperature outside makes a difference in the activity of the virus. Just wondering if she can shed light on that. Again, you see, everybody is focused on the virus, the virus, the virus. The virus doesn't cause anything more than the common cold. I mean, we have had the common cold around since uh, probably humanity began after sin. So, I mean, everybody is, to the whole point, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. 
you shouldn't be any more afraid of the common cold now than you were before all this on the World Health Organization website. It says if you test positive for the coronavirus, that doesn't mean you're symptomatic from it. So how do they test somebody for the coronavirus to say, yes, you've got this strain of the flu? How do they test people for that? The validity of the test is is up in the air. It's not very... Um, true the test doesn't always and even if you test positive what i said that doesn't mean that you are symptomatic because of the coronavirus i mean we, we've got sure. cold viruses all over ourselves if they test enough people they could probably find it in everybody okay so you got it right i'm not going to belittle uh, belabor it but blood doesn't lie dr day drday.com you'll be in for an earful when you study with Dr. Day, who's an AIDS expert. She was one of the first physicians, trauma surgeons in Northern California that was dealing with these conditions and situations. So I, I think the time has come to kind of look at the eligibility of the coaching program. What do you want to accomplish? How healthy do you want to be? And do you want to follow a program such as this family, which is pretty exciting, reducing 250 pounds collectively. Can't imagine that they, they would be. I mean, what were those? Did you do weekly weigh-ins? Uh, how did that work? Because I'm sure that, you know, I can just envision a scenario where somebody steps on the scale and you just hear this, yeah, I did it kind of thing. That's exactly how it went. It really, really was. They were coming out of their rooms. They were, you know, the kids were, their acne was clearing up. They were feeling more energetic in their sports. They were. By the way, did you hear that? Acne was clearing up on plant-based, oil-free eating. See, Very these common. aren't just plant-based. They're oil-free, sugar-free. I, I want people to really get this clear. There's a lot of vegetarian diets out there that are unhealthy. We're seeing the impact, I want to say, almost immediately. It is within days we started feeling less sore. The puffiness went down. So each day that we kind of kept it up, it wanted we wanted to do it another day and we wanted to look up more recipes and we want it just we got excited about it and that's what yeah. you got and, and what about you i mean the, the physical transformation you were just kind of hinting at it but you were at a point where you could barely walk around your own home you were about to need a walker you were only doing one flight of stairs a day how did you start to change physically when did you start to feel better it was uh, a couple months that I realized, like, I have so much energy, and I was not really somebody who worked out. Um, so I got, I took the uh, clothes I had drying off my recumbent bike, and I got on it one day, and I was like, "Wow, that was that felt great." And I thought, "Let me see how far I can go tomorrow, and let me see how far I can go the next day." And next thing you know, Chuck, I was doing 13 miles on this bike. And I told my husband, we have to get bikes. We have to go outside. We have to just, I felt that this was my second chance at life. I never lived like that. I didn't treat my body the way that it was meant to be treated. And I started taking advantage of it. Got a couple bikes and I now ride about 100 to 120 miles a week on these Ooh. old knees, Chuck. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you, Pedal Meister. I love that so much. And it doesn't sound like you're missing out on any more of life's moments. You're there with your family side by side. Yes. We go to events. Yeah, I, I think the time has come when people want the truth. They want to understand. 
Why Blood Doesn't Lie is becoming a bestseller. Amazon, look it up. Blood Doesn't Lie by Dr. Nick Delgado. Uh, the top five doctors in anti-aging are talking about it. There's praise from it. Mark Victor Hansen, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Dr. Anil Batsniff, Dr. Joseph Maroon, uh, and none other than uh, Dr. Ron Klatz, the president of the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Accolades are coming in. The praise is coming in because this is getting very direct, very clear about the five steps to building the health, the immune system, fighting and combating cancer, and understanding how these viruses work within our body naturally present. Dr. Day did not say anything beyond the scope of what we absolutely know. It's pretty amazing. So if you want to learn to be guided by the best coaches in the world, I'm coming out right now directly telling you uh, between... Kyle Delbridge, myself, Dr. Nick Delgado. Nicholas Delgado's joining and helping with the coaching program. If the name's familiar, yep, he's one of my sons. We are training and educating and guiding. Now we're taking a select group of people into the coaching program. All you have to do is go to nickdelgado.com. Kyle, it's it's exciting. People are enrolling. They're applying right now. What's what's going down? And any final questions here before we close up the show? Um, yeah, we have uh, one question. What about getting enough carnosine from meat uh, and DHEA from blue-green algae for maintaining brain health on vegan diet? diet? Carnosine for muscle building versus vegan diet long-term. You know, I actually put... Um, and there are a couple plant-based sources of carnosine, right? There's, yeah. You know, like uh, white mushrooms or asparagus. Um, there's, a, you know, there's, a, there's a few. There's not a lot of them, and they're not as concentrated as meat, but... Uh, you also need nowhere near the concentrations of amino acids if your nitric oxide levels are, are, are proper as well, right? Your protein synthesis and all that just happens differently. Yeah. So if you think about it, there are uh, – here, here we go. Where is it? Uh, food. Can you get carnosine from plants? Here we go. Okay. So here, let, let's cut away to, to, to this. I don't know if you can read that. So uh, – Non-essential uh, carnosine is formed in the body from amino acid histidine and beta-alanine. Dietary sources of beta-alanine, such as meat, fish, may also contri contribute to muscle levels of carnosine. Uh, you know, I, I think the question, do, do vegans need carnosine? Uh, so they're saying that there's beta-alanine supplements. Carnosine is a nutrient only found animal-derived. It's in muscle function. Uh, beta-alanine mm. supplement increase the level of carnosine Whoops. in the muscle. So what were you saying? Oh, I was saying I thought I, th I for some reason thought it was in mushrooms as well. I don't know why I thought that. Okay. So the question is, is there a benefit to carnosine, B12, vitamin D, omegas from the marine algae? I believe so. And one of the supplements that I designed on docnutrients.com, you can find, does have carnosine in it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and supplementation is so easy nowadays. It's not yeah. something I worry about. Yeah. So, so I thought through that and, you know, I think – is it of concern? I don't think it's of concern that, you know, it's going to be much of a deal here. What are they saying about asparagus? Uh, your body can make its own. Carnosine is a dipeptide, uh, beta-alanine derived from vitamin B5, which is an amide. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I think you have to be concerned about why would you eat animal product to get carnosine when it's not necessary and your body can make it? So what's it saying there? Carnosine for muscle building versus vegan diet. 
long term. Uh, so how how do you how do you answer that, uh, Kyle? What, what's your thought on that? I, I and I'd I'd like honestly to do more a little more research before I uh, you know anytime I, anytime I don't I don't have the utmost clarity on something I like to uh, back it with science. So I yeah. you know at this point in time I'd probably take a you know an hour or so and do some diving in and then get a clear answer or as clear of an answer as I sure. could. Sure. Uh, Joseph Mercola called me about that question, and we had a discussion about carnosine. And I looked up, and it is possible for someone to be deficient in carnosine. It is possible. Especially if you have, like, a, your, your enzymes, you don't convert well, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I think to err on the side of safety, I wouldn't go out of my way to eat animal products to get carnosine. But I would look to a supplement such as we created that gives you the equivalent of carnosine. And uh, we'll put it in the show notes because I don't want to make this you know, a sales yeah, pitch yeah, exactly. for, for products. But that is part of our coaching program too. And it's a great question. Thanks for, for asking the question. Mm -hmm. uh, and then someone is saying, fantastic, thank you so much. What's the next one? I ran into... Complications after six years vegan, lack of recovery, muscle tears, and joint problems. I would, I, my my first question would have been, did you uh, did you monitor your calories? You know, just if you're not if you're not you're not putting the, uh, the the right amount of those building blocks in, you're not gonna you know you're you're not gonna repair properly. Yeah, uh, I have found that athletes and including myself and body repair and recovery from injuries. I'm a competitive athlete. You know, even at my I age, well. I am still competing. You are still competing in your sport. I can only Wear imagine how often you, you you are facing injury. And to to notice recovery compared to the old days of animal-based compared to plant-based? It's incomparable. The, the way, the lack of inflammation and the speed of recovery on a plant-based diet, especially when you're doing everything right to keep your endothelial layer proper and make sure you're absorbing properly and you know make sure you're avoiding the... Um, the foods that are setting off the inflammatory responses, that sort of thing, which you have to test for, um, you know, those those things make such a big difference that, um, you know, I, I, I can eat, I can, you know, cave into old habits and, and put a little piece of butter on something and 35 to 45 minutes later, <laughs> injuries that I completely forgot about start popping up. I'm like, oh, the, like that old rib injury like, i haven't even thought about that and it's because the inflammation just starts spiking yeah and i don't know where these people get off uh they're measuring markers for inflammation they're claiming the keto diet uh helps create low inflammatory the only thing you can do is go plant-based whole food fat derived you know nutrients macronutrients and aka nuts seeds avocados yeah coconuts. yeah uh, but there's nothing like doing overall balance, but I would never ignore delayed food allergies and it's looking gigantic at worth its weight in gold, getting the testing done. We have a website. You look at the website, go to nickdelgado.com, click through to the testing and you'll get resources where we send you a test kit. It measures what? 184 foods. Gives we find out zero and four. what you're most likely going to react inflammatory, whether it be plant-based or animal-based. You need All to know. Above. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are some surprising plant-based foods that, 
can for some individuals cause a reaction. I don't yeah. deny it. Uh, I personally kind of restrict my amount of grains that I eat. I eat more of the ancient grains, more of the sprouted, you know, more of the, the rice rather than the wheat, you know, those kind of things because wheat has been altered and changed. It just has. By and there, yeah, there might be GMO practices. issues. And the other thing is recovery. I don't know how old an athlete this individual is, but I got to say, as I get older, joint recovery and muscle injury becomes a hyper focus of peptides, stem cell release, bioidentical hormones, and youthful hormones. Well, I would not step into an athletic arena at my age without knowing what I know. I would be a couch potato. I would not risk it. Or without un, without with uh, unchecked inflammation, I, you, you would be amazed at how much inf, consistent inflammation will halt the healing process. It will it will keep that healing and recovering process from doing what it's supposed to do, and you'll hop back into the arena of whatever it is that you competed or that you try to you know that you try to reach a a, a, a high level at, and you'll think you're recovered because you've taken the adequate amount of time. But the fact is, because you were eating things that were causing, you know, consistent low levels of inflammation, you weren't repairing like you thought you were. Right. And, and I would go further. In the new blood panel that we're tailoring for our VIP clients, we're looking at the inflammatory markers. So you need to know where you're at. To, before you make a judgment that the vegan diet caused problems, I don't know what your inflammatory levels were before, and I don't know what your testosterone, your cortisol, your adrenal function, your thyroid function, your estrogen levels. There's 38 different hormones we look at in the urine that need to be monitored and looked at to know. And they can change so much about the way your body reacts with the, with the world around it. All I can tell you is when my testosterone level I let it drop, you know, I go off every supplement. I'm not doing get out in the sunlight, exposing my, uh, what do they say, the where the sun doesn't shine, exposing those areas. Mm. And, and I'm upping my luteinizing hormone, my testosterone production. I'm doing all these natural things. And I'm doing herbs and supplements, a venous sativa, supplemento, uh, but not so much supplemento, beta sitosterol, but uh, nettles, stinging nettles, horny goat weed. There's a whole combination in some of our testosterone enhancing products that truly increase free testosterone. Sex hormone binding globulin has to be adjusted. So sometimes on a plant-based diet, you have a higher sex hormone binding globulin, and some of the free testosterone level gets uh, taken out of circulation. You have to know what herbs are going to release that to heal. Also, medicinal mushrooms help release stem cells. So I look at what is the philosophy of the individual? Are they open to going to the next level? But when I use, say, bioidentical hormone testosterone pellets with people with inflammation, their inflammation levels drop to almost zero. It's like, mm. oh, my gosh. You know, my body was aching, and now the aches and pains are gone. Especially when you make sure that you're fortifying the adrenals properly beforehand and, keep, yes. and keeping those fortified Huge. throughout, correct? Hugely important. And I, I, I'll go further. I would put testogenin cream against any person taking testosterone pellets or even steroids or anything. That cream, which balances out four hormones, 
people are starting to use it now because the formula took me 15 years to get back some of the ingredients that I had originally formulated. It's in this product, Testrogenin. And you just rub it behind your... My 85-year-old mother is using it behind her neck oh, for the last two it. weeks. She's been raving about it. She raves about it. She comes to the staff, to the staff, yeah, she... going, <laughs> looks you in the eye and says, y y what does she tell you? I don't she's know. She's just saying I, she just feels more alive. She feels more active, more cognizant. She just <laughs> she feels like she's a, like awake now is the way she was saying. It. Yeah. And if I felt it's safe for my 85-year-old mother who's been plant-based for a better part of over 40 years, shortly, she got started about three years after I had already been in it. Uh, you you got to know that there's no chemicals, no harmful ingredients in it. It's, it's very direct based on years, maybe more than 15 years of looking 24-year in tests and seeing how I could increase these levels to youthful levels and not overshoot them. Uh, granted, the only thing I can say about the testrogenin cream, which is in the Doc Nutrient line, you might get too ripped, too shredded. You might reduce cellulite too much, and you might get too hor Did I say horny? Yeah, too much libido. We had that. We had that happen with one lady. Remember, she said she didn't. She was a single woman, and she yeah. was trying to be celibate, and she started replacing her hormones and doing everything she was yeah. supposed to do, and yeah. she started having such a sex drive that she felt like she had to get off of it because. Uh, mm -hmm. She, could, she almost couldn't control herself. It's very important. I, I told my mom, I said, you're going to get a little more aggressive. And she goes, good, then I can deal with life better. Because right now, <laughs> true. crazy things are going on. And they're telling her she can't go to church at times. And now they got to sit outdoors in the, hot, in the heat. You know, I mean, there's, there's just literally crazy things going on because people haven't read this book, Blood Doesn't Lie. Make it about their health instead of the environment around them. Once you understand them. the terrain and how the system works and how your blood works. The terrain being you. <laughs> your, your, whole, your whole lymphatics, your blood system, your circulation. I, I got to say it's been a fun session. I think some of the people enjoyed it. Stay with it. Stick with it. Watch the documentaries. Read the books by the other plant-based doctors. But I got to tell you, people around you who are like minded, don't just stop at the plant based doctors, go to the next level. I'm going to be doing some sessions with the world famous, at least in Europe and, and in anti-aging communities, Dr. Terry Hertog. I promise you I'm when you hear in. him and I going through the latest in science, by the way, here's a really cool doctor who's not only plant based. He Couldn't is, help yourself. We're we're continuing. Dr. Nick Delgado here with Rob <laughs> Kamenarik. He's a medical doctor who just did a talk on the nuts and bolts of testosterone. Tremendous subject. A lot of controversy right now, but I don't think there's controversy when you really look at the in-depth science. What we know about the great importance of optimizing testosterone to youthful levels and not using synthetics, but bioidentical and other ancillary methods to restore testosterone. I sat in on your talk, it was fantastic. And then had an opportunity to quiz you a little bit after, and you've got a depth of knowledge that I wanted to share with the audience. So what is it about a drop in testosterone? Is it insidious, is it rapid, or is it so gradual that most men don't notice it? Furthermore, women, uh, they experience low T, don't they? They do. Tell me about most it. Most certainly. Uh, for men, mm -hmm. back to the first part of the question, it can be any and all of the above. 
for some men, it is a slow, precipitous drop over time right. that finally kind of catches up to them, and they start to feel the effects. And the effect of that can be different for each man. Some men will come in and say, my focus, my mentation feels off. I don't feel as sharp as I used to be. Uh, where other men, it's more the physicality. They'll say, just, I can't perform in the gym like I used to. Uh, I'm having trouble keeping up with guys you know, in my triathlon group or my cycling group. And then for other men, it's sexual in nature. They'll complain that they just, they don't care. Right? They're not interested in sex anymore. Uh, they don't wake up with erections. I was anymore. just going to say, you and I had that interesting <laughs> conversation, and one of the barometers of good health is us men who are in the know realize that if we wake up with a nice firm erection, it's a good sign that our testosterone is probably fairly close to where it should be. And if it's low, it's the first sign that, hey, something's off. Either we're not getting enough quality sleep, there's some other lifestyle issue going on, your adrenals, a number Stress. of factors, right? Stress. And that can come in many, many different forms, whether it's financial stress, emotional stress, spiritual stress. Uh, you'll find that on those mornings, you're not going to wake up with an erection. Right. Uh, when everything is in balance, when you feel well, you feel strong, you're not st overly stressed, you're going to wake up with an erection. And the firmer that erection, the higher quality of that erection, the better your health. So uh, you can use that, most certainly men can use that as a barometer to your health. Dr. Rob, uh, one of the uh, articles that I once published uh, for a PR piece was stating that the average man uh, has up to 10 erections a night and uh, a Howard Stern-like guy got a hold of that, called me for a radio interview, and there was a typo, and it said up to 100 erections yeah. a night. <laughs> and it was saying, Dr. Nick is the a stallion, 100 erections a night. And I'm like, he grilled me and, and you know, made a real joke out of it. But is it true that 10 erections a night might be something that, um, they, they used to put um, uh, mailing stamps you know, around the penis, and sure. if you got the erection, it broke the stamps, right? That was a measure. Yep. Without a doubt. I don't know how many, you know, all I know is that, you know, if I wake up with one in the morning, that's a good I sign. just one long erection during the night, and that's a good sign. So and if that's what wakes me up at 6 a.m., that's even better. Right, know? right. So. And what about uh, a man uh, approaching his woman, and typically uh, in our society, you know, after a drink at night, it's late, the man's hormones potentially are at their lowest of the entire 24-hour period, probably the worst time for them to engage, particularly after a heavy dinner, probably. Probably right, and and yet um, couples who are in the know oftentimes maybe that's the best time for the female. Her stressful day is over, you know, her mind's present possibly, maybe um, a quickie at night. But then in the morning for the man, I mean that's going to be his best time. It would it would seem so, right? That's when your levels are going to be at the highest. You're rested, your testosterone levels are high, and it, most likely you're going to wake up with an erection. So that would seem like the ideal time. Um, I know for me personally, that, <laughs> let's get personal, Rob. Yeah, it's time to get for when I wake up in the morning. It's you know, oh, got to get off. Yep, it's time to the to grind. Take care of time to take care of business. Uh, usually at night, I, I want to 10, 10 o'clock. I want to go to bed. It's the end of the day. I'm wore out. That's right. You know, you've done all the things you've had to do. You know, take care of your kids, the house, your business. Uh, so, and that's usually when it's time to de-stress. Uh, to get back to your safe place. And that's a good point uh, I'd like to make. When you come home, mm -hmm. your home really needs to be a place of security, of safety, where you know that you can let your guard down. You don't have to protect yourself. You can de-stress your from your day. I like to tell a lot of my clients who have a lot of stress, you know, before you walk into your house, place all your stress 
outside your home. Uh, and maybe even maybe mentally, I'll think about myself before I go in the house, mentally hanging my stress out on a tree in the woods in our yard so that when I enter the home, it's peace, it's quiet, it's serenity, it's a time to regenerate and recuperate your body. I'm with Dr. Rob Kamenarik, and we're talking about the optimization of our hormones, particularly stress's influence or negative influence on testosterone. But there's a whole cascade of other very important hormones coming out of the adrenals, uh, relatively speaking, cortisol, which is kind of a misunderstood hormone, much maligned. Uh, people think it's the bad guy. And it's true that initially someone who has too high a cortisol level or with Cushing syndrome or some abnormality or an overprescription or overzealous use of uh, cortical steroids, which are synthetic and linger in the body too long, whereas cortisol is very fleeting and it lasts for a very short period of time and we need to maintain, uh, what, about 40 milligrams worth of cortisol a day and if we don't, we can have uh, hypercortisolemia, not enough cortisol. Then we become an adrenaline junkie. We're looking for drama to get upset, to get excited, we get into fights, we're addictive, we're, we're seeking a drink, an alcohol, a drug. Uh, cortisol is a very important hormone and I know you have a lot of experience with this, we created a product called Adrenal DMG. Likewise, uh, I have my own history of, of low cortisol and finally figuring out a solution. What is your interest in cortisol and the stabilization of adrenals? And does that come before optimization of testosterone in someone who has symptoms of chronic fatigue or low cortisol? That is exactly right. And that is the first thing that needs to happen is fixing the adrenals, finding hormone balance for the adrenal hormones. Uh, it's very easy to get caught up in all the media whirlwind of testosterone, testosterone, testosterone. Sure. And I love testosterone. It's the big tool in the toolbox. It is a powerful hormone that will allow you to accomplish great things uh, in restoring hormone balance and optimizing hormones. But oftentimes, it's not really what's needed. And so when taking a deep dive in, in uh, examining a patient, looking at all their biomarkers and their testing, We'll often find that what they're really suffering from is adrenal fatigue, low thyroid, hormone imbalance, stress, and in balancing all of those across the board. Excess actually, estrogen too. Excess estrogen. It'll actually balance the hormones, bring the testosterone up, bring other levels down, mm. bring the insulin levels down, the aldosterone levels down, get the testosterone up. Um, and so balancing those hormones, if, if somebody's suffering from adrenal fatigue, you can easily within two to three months after starting testosterone make things worse. Yes. So balancing the adrenals and getting adrenal function appropriate, getting off alcohol, uh, caffeine, appropriate rest, supplementing with C, uh, vitamin C, magnesium, zinc, getting balanced those hormones. Uh, the adrenal hormones and getting the, the adrenals working appropriately is an important base. Oftentimes, uh, when I have clients that I can work with that are open to, hey, can we do more of the natural things? We can get your levels probably back to where they need to be. Uh, and a good example would be one of the case studies I talked about, the beatdown triathlete. Yes. Who literally overtrained himself into a parasympathetic, sympathetic overtraining syndrome. And you know, he thought the solution would be testosterone. And really the solution was you're training way too much, too hard, too often. You're not supporting it with appropriate nutrition. You're not taking the appropriate supplements and you're not getting the appropriate rest. Let's dial all this back. We actually put him on biofeedback optimize his, his nutrition with strategic, uh, with supplementation, 
and we actually took his levels from 300 and 5.6, 300 and he was 350 on his total, total testosterone, 5.6 on his free, and within four weeks had him up to uh, 700 with the um, free of 15. Sweet. He almost, he almost, you know, ended up on testosterone, which would have been the wrong thing to do. And that was with no augmentation of testosterone itself. That was just supporting the adrenals, utilizing herbs, interventions, lifestyle changes in his sleep and his stress management, right? Yes, exactly. Lifestyle modification, dialing back on the, on the exercise because he was an overtrained, uh, you know, amateur triathlete. And he was doing way too much. He wasn't in a periodized program, wasn't taking appropriate rest periods, and he literally just burnt himself out, which causes incredible hormone dysregulation and disruption of the hypothalamic pituitary axes. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up uh, because d d there's far too many athletes that uh, don't understand this potential for crash and burn. The dosages of testosterone that some of these guys are taking even some of the professional athletes and you look at this and you wonder what's going on with their adrenals and you know they don't understand they get frequent colds or flus or bronchitis all signs of kind of a I was once told by Dr. Hertog and correct me if this sounds correct there's a particular balance between anabolic and catabolic hormones and if you if you're over implementing or augmenting the anabolic testosterone DHT pathways, then the catabolic gets overstressed and can't keep up. But if you're supporting the adrenals at the same time you augment or prior to augmenting testosterone, you're going to get a super performer again. You're going to get a guy who feels like he's 22 again versus crash and burn. God, I can't perform like I did when I was young, right? I, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. There's never one player on the field. And that symphony or dance of hormones, if you will, mm. uh, needs to be balanced. And you need to do that through appropriate nutrition, appropriate exercise, strategic supplementation, rest, hydration. All of those factors come into play. And when you put too much value on one hormone in particular, you're going to run into problems. What if I were to tell you that in addition to biofeedback, uh, I've discovered a method of using uh, what I call laser-focused concentration. They're essentially hypnosis glasses. You put them on, and it has a recording. It has a viral tone, and then there's a light sequence. You close your eyes, and it gets you into a deep theta, which is a highly focused, relaxed, but high learning state. And as you input information, you can get a person to go into the delta state of deep sleep within 18 minutes. People are getting extra one or two hours of quality sleep where otherwise they wake up in the middle of the night and they can't go back to sleep because their mind's too busy or their hormones are off. And this is one way to intervene, to help people who are struggling with getting better sleep or to just program their mind for a good quality day. And they're up against a lot of stress because it's a lot about the focus of your thoughts, right? Without a doubt, sleep is probably the most powerful thing that you can do next to exercise. So the, the physician's prescription for health, you know, adequate hydration, plenty of sleep, 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 and sleep, and then strategic and meaningful exercise that helps decrease inflammation. So with that, without a doubt, I, I put sleep at the top of the list. If you're not well rested, you can't perform uh, in any manner of, of life. So getting that uh, eight to nine hours at a minimum in high quality sleep mm -hmm. at the rack, uh, we are, um, 
circadian animals. We, we should be going to bed when it gets dark and getting up when it gets light. Photoreceptors at the back of the eye responding to the light, uh, responding to the darkness, releasing more melatonin. We're in Bellagio's Vegas. It's light all, all night long. It's easy to get disrupted here Yeah. on your rhythm. Yeah. So what do you see as the future for the type of lifestyle and, and age management medicine that you practice? Uh, what would you like to see happen in regards to a proper workup for a patient or client who comes in to see you? And do you see where maybe many docs, even those trained, are missing the bigger picture of how to manage each individual? That's, that's a really good question, Nick. And I feel that over the last uh, 10, 15 years, as an industry, there's been this swing by some that's been a little too far to the right and a little too overly aggressive in saying it's one hormone or this hormone in particular that's causing all those issues. And we see these, uh, I'll call them McDonald's-like clinics that are uh, shot clinics, essentially. Show up, get a shot, see you in another week. High dose of synthetic testosterone, high dose right. of growth it's hormone. Based on a business model. A throwback from the bodybuilding era, right? Exactly. Cycling and, and strange things. And, and that's going to lead to trouble in the industry on a whole. Uh, and I feel now we're starting to move a little bit back towards center, find some balance. Uh, that we swung a little too far to the right. We need to come back a little bit in the understanding that um, it, it's too much of a good thing is too much and you're going to run into problems with that dr common optimization point you mentioned a particular drug that's being used in the black market in the bodybuilding community that's literally potentially lethal according to fda what is that drug and why are they abusing it uh, dinitrophenol and it's a, a weight loss drug that was a, i think it was manufactured back in the 30s and 40s and brought out as a for weight loss and what it does is it inhibit, inhibits cellular energy production stops ATP production cellular level. why would you want to do that it makes no sense and hundred percent of side effects in a hundred percent of people uh, you know, anyone who takes this is gonna have a side effect the question is what which one is it going to be central nervous system toxicity cardiovascular toxicity something not good is most likely going to happen in this thermal even death even death and i've seen two cases in our local community because you can purchase this stuff on the internet oh. and it's fda banned it even says on the label not for human consumption it's toxic to the human cells uh, that it's a poison but in an effort to uh, lean out get ripped look, abs get, get ripped abs for that moment and it's and it's uh it's the side effects are not dose dependent any dose can cause it so for one person just a small amount could be lethal wow and the, and okay guys so it's really been a show a memorable show um we've had some interaction some discussion and i know sometimes people will take sides and get polarized it's not my intent to do that my intent is to share the facts the science the information and if you have concerns, issues, then really the coaching at nickdelgado.com. Uh, do the quiz, coaching eligibility. It, it's it's going to make a big difference for you. Uh, tease out the details with you. Yeah, I I, I think with with all the things going on in, in today's age, it's good to have kind of a guidance and a coach to help you. I'm I'm excited because we're, we're able to finally do these things and help people to accomplish their goals 
So just please uh, check out nickdelgado.com. Uh, there's a section where it says click here to apply for coaching. And then uh, you go ahead and put your name, email, phone number next. And there's a series of some questions. There's some video testimonials and praise of those who've gone through our coaching program. There's resource guides, the different doctors that are assisting and helping in the personalized, ongoing, incredible program that's available to you now. I can't recommend it more than this. Do the hormone quiz as well. It's a great uh, online evaluation of symptoms that tie in very closely to some of the goals and some of the opportunities. Check out our courses. We have online courses. And uh, don't forget the fat loss and fitness course since we've talked a lot about weight loss. But we've also talked about the immune system, becoming immune to cancer, some of the other areas. And uh, Kyle, any final words of why people should look into this uh, incredible coaching program? We've guided several people already that have been lucky, that have been selected to come into the, after we do the eligibility. What are your thoughts so far? You know, well, with the 50 years of coaching between us, um, you know, it allows people to get past the pitfalls, get past the pitfalls that, that, you know, held us back, right? To to use the techniques that we've learned over years and uh, basically accelerate accelerate themselves right up to our level, you know, within a series of weeks or months compared to a series of years like it took us. That's right, guys. Um, and the first people who enroll and are accepted into the coaching program, uh, we have some cool gifts, and this will be heard on a podcast as well. And uh, I know we have some VIP guests that are getting these cool products that are being shipped out to them. Some, some really fun, exciting things. And don't forget, uh, Blood Doesn't Lie. Uh, the book that was actually banned, uh, by the way, is uh, on, <laughs> it's on Amazon. Uh, excuse me, it's on the website, nickdelgado.com. If you want to kind of check that book out uh, and find out what they don't want you to know. <laughs> It says one of the best things you can do is enter the health education program. Oh, there we are. Immune Rejuvenation. That's the book. Uh, let's see. Is it available? How, does it say? Yeah, we'll send you this ebook for free. So you can get the book. Just go to the website. It's a special gift for those of you who hung in to the end uh, <laughs> watching the whole show. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Be well. Hey, Kyle. Say bye. Take it easy, guys. All right. Hey, guys, I got to tell you, the new coaching program has come out, and we're excited about the coaching program because the coaching program is at nickdelgado.com. We'd love to help to guide you, to coach you on your health journey, and now you can apply for the special coaching program. And you can also get our special book, Immune Rejuvenation. Just leave your name and email and you're going to get one of the best books written on this whole subject. We are excited to know, Anne, and I got to tell you that, you know, the whole idea of immune rejuvenation has come. <music>